This is the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. Your hosts, Sam Harris and Nicholas Farik, digest the most interesting, informative and topical books, giving you their biggest insights. We expose different perspectives and tools to look at the world to make you wiser than yesterday. listener and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. My name is Nico and as usual I'm joined by my good friend and co-host Sam and today is a very special episode because after two years and about three months for the first time recording live together in the same room. Yeah it's a beautiful thing to staring into your deep brown eyes as we record. I don't have brown eyes Sam you should look deeper. I'm not looking very <laughs> Anyway, so... It seems to be quite proud today. Maybe it's like... Anyway. Brown. Anyway, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. That's totally irrelevant. What my eyes? Blue. Interesting. Sometimes they're green. Really? Yeah. Okay, there we go. We know that now. Anyway, so Sam and I were in the hotel room. We were both in Lisbon for NFT Lisbon. And um, yeah, we thought it might be a cool opportunity to record together in the same room. Not through the internet. So yeah, let's see what that gives. So today, Sam and I have read... The Wisdom of Psychopaths, What Saints, Spies, and Serial Killers Can Teach Us About Success, written by Kevin Dutton, which is a book that analyzes the brains of psychopaths, compares them to brains of other people, people we wouldn't normally consider psychopaths, and then, um, yeah, tries to learn something from that. So, Sam, how did you enjoy that book? I quite liked it. It made sense of society a little bit more for me around why some people are successful Especially areas of people that you think shouldn't be successful, like dictators and things, and how you end up having companies being led by people who are kind of annoying. Hmm. Like? Like Theranos and things like that, like how people like that become successful, but from a more of a psychology standpoint, was nice to kind of read into. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like added a bit of wisdom of how the world works, (laughs) which is good and has some nice examples, and also gave you a bit of motivation to give less of a fuck hmm. from a different standpoint. So you read like such a lot of not giving a fuck and just like, okay, you can get through the world without caring about stuff and it would be nice for you. But from a completely different angle of like, okay, you can be more successful by just sort of breezing through things. And yeah, it gave you some good reasons and, and points for that. So that was nice. Hmm. It wasn't brilliantly life-changing or super readable, but it was, it was still a good book. Yeah. That sounds... Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I'm looking at the Goodreads page right now. It has a 3.67 on 5, which is not that much. Yeah. It's okay, I guess, but it's not crazy. So maybe could you try and, and lay out like what a psychopath is? Because honestly, for me, this book kind of gave a other definition than I would have expected. Yeah. Um, well, so the word psychopath is associated with serial killers who are generally brutal and can keep an entire country in suspense until people catch them. And it's what we know them as, but they're basically people who can do things without feeling any remorse and don't really have any fear. So they just don't really have any worries or anything to be scared about. That makes sense. Mm. And they don't really notice other people's emotions or care for them. Mm. So a bit of crossover with autism, but in a different way, Mm. uh, Interesting. I guess. So, because you said one thing that I might disagree with. Sure. So, one conception that I had around psychopaths is that they are very low when it comes to empathy. Mm. But this book actually makes a case that it's the other way around. They actually have very high empathy. But the thing is that they just don't care. 
Yeah, um, yes, that's as in like they can recognize just from as in it goes into the whole study there of like your confidence level, like they can tell if someone's sort of going to be a weak person or like a confident just from the mm. way they walk. Mm. And so they're actually very in tune with other people's feelings mm-hmm. in some ways, but they, they don't have any inner worry about mm. someone's feelings, but they're also very utilitarian. So actually a lot of psychopaths are highly functional in society in that it's useful for them to actually not go and kill people or like be bad to society because they're actually going to do better and have mm. more money and more success by playing by the rules of society mm. for the most part and crossing boundaries that maybe don't matter as far as the rules are concerned, but normal people find difficult to cross, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was a, a useful nuance to, to go into. Thanks. Yeah. What is, like, how do you fit on the normal person to Ted Bundy slash extreme <laughs> psychopath scale? I'm definitely not without any psychopathic tendencies. Mm. That's for sure. I think still kind of low. As in one thing that they talk about is having more calm and deeply stressful situations. And I do find that is something that does help, which again is a bit of a crossover with sort of ADHD of being like, I find it quite calming having sort of too much stuff going on in, mm. in a crazy way. So like being a surgeon or something where like you have like massive things, life and death scenarios, like my brain goes quite tranquil and it's like, mm. oh, this is, this is like a nice priority. I don't have to worry about like what my other priorities might be because it's very clear for me what to do. Mm-hmm. So I just do the thing that's important. Whereas other people can find that really stressful and stuff. So that's nice. And so doing things like climbing the Matterhorn and like some people start getting into climbing and sort of have panic attacks when they get like sort of things that are sort of half as scary as doing that. And when I did it, I was about as poor as you could possibly be as a climber, mm-hmm. technically speaking, to be able to climb it. And so my guide <laughs> had a bit of a like face palming moment when he first saw me climbing. He was like, oh God, I'm going to take this guy up this mountain. <laughs> and But I asked him afterwards and he's like, well, he doesn't judge people too much because if you can have a, someone that's really good at climbing, but then they, they get to the point where you sort of have like a mile drop by the side and they just sort of completely can't handle it and they mm-hmm. have to go down. And you get other people that just keep going and are fine. And I was sort of more in the category of like, yeah. okay, I'll just do what I need to do. And doesn't matter that like it's going to be really difficult to just carry on so on that sense similar and i'm certainly also utilitarian so the other thing right psychopaths find it very easy to just do the obviously better thing so in things like the trolley problem which mm-hmm. is a classic psychology thing of like would you push a fat man off a bridge to save five other people mm-hmm. as in would you kill one person to save five people by shooting a gun or something as opposed to clicking a button that has less ownership of you making the move or something like mm-hmm. yeah i'd stab someone if it saved two people if i didn't know who they were kind of thing so you would stab one person if it would save two other people yeah interesting if yeah <laughs> okay okay really are you, are you sure yeah i mean i wouldn't stab you to save two people i wouldn't know but you would, yeah, yeah so you, but you would stab a random person if that would save two other random people yeah as wow. in like, it wouldn't matter if my hands were dirty or not as far as like if the net good was better, it's like, yeah, I did the net good thing. Wow. Are you really sure about that? Yeah, I'm sure about that. Wow. Whereas on the autism thing, I was talking to my friend who, you know, he found it really difficult at school to understand why someone wouldn't kill their mother to save five people they didn't know. He was like, yeah, but five more people would be alive and surely that's a better thing. And everyone wow. else was like, what the hell is wrong with you? And yeah. he's like, I just couldn't understand why people wouldn't do that. Yeah. And I'm not that, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, at yeah. that level. You're, you're not, he's not at yeah, that yeah. level anymore now that he's older. Oh. 
But interesting, yeah. So I, I consider myself also fairly utilitarian. Yeah. But if you had asked me how I would fare on the psychopath scale before reading this book, I would probably consider myself, if you consider it like a bell curve, probably on the right side mm-hmm. of the bell curve. So slightly more towards the, the more psychopathic end, just because sometimes, you know, just thinking very utilitarian, realistic, abstract terms. Yeah. But then I did notice that I'm not super empathic, but I do care quite a lot about what people think and yeah. and I consider myself like a relatively moral person and so I don't think I would kill I would not kill or stab one person to save five just from an ethical point of view this example is like would you kill one person to save five it is a typical like ethical dilemma that essentially if your answer decides a bit of like how you think around ethics and, and what yeah. stream of ethics you fall into and so anyway I've noticed like I'm actually way more of a people pleaser than people would expect of me. Yeah. If you ask my family whether they would say like, oh no, he's, he's zero people pleaser. But I think, you know, deep inside, I care about what people think yeah. and I feel. And so, um, I'll like, you know, my job is I'm, I'm a, like a venture capitalist. And so 90% of my job is saying no to founders who are yeah. asking me to invest in them. It's hard. And yeah, it's, it's not easy, right? There are mm. people who have an easier time saying like, yeah, no, you're, you're not good enough for, for us. And I'm always like not finding excuses, but giving good reasons. And then, you know, if we say no, because it's, it's actually like a founding team that we don't consider strong enough. I will never tell them exactly that. I won't tell them like, yeah, it's you. You're not strong enough for us to back, right? I'll find some excuse about competition or not enough traction or, you know, there's too much execution risk and whatever. Uh, uh, just yeah. it's, but that's yeah. kind of bad in the long run. It's nice to yeah. get real feedback. So, I mean, um, and I think honestly, like I, I could probably thrive more in a professional sense yeah. if I would care less about people's feelings, mm. but that just wouldn't be me, I guess. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, and and so this book <laughs> made me realize that I'm uh, I'm less psychopathic than I would have considered, which I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And seeing that the book actually tries to make a case that we could learn something from them, maybe yeah, it's definitely. not that good a thing. I think I still get scared about some things. So as in like public speaking and stuff, took me a lot more time to get into, and I still, if I'm not expecting to suddenly do it, I definitely look nervous mm-hmm. um, when someone yeah. suddenly asks me to like explain what it is that I do in, in like two minutes in front of a bunch of people who are really cool that I've never met before and I'm like shit uh, <laughs> I am some creative people <laughs> yeah. uh, so like, like an octave higher <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas yeah psychopaths sort of just don't struggle and I think they I think they also make good actors yeah and like they don't worry that there's a bunch of people kind of judging them and, yeah. and stuff straight yeah. away which is interesting so I think probably people that are very good at filming themselves on a selfie stick while surrounded by a crowd mm. must be psychopaths because interesting I could not do that like, yeah. I feel like I so just punch them yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're like what the hell are you doing man I agree so the book makes a case that people that are actually thriving in a traditional sense so I'm thinking mm. of the top surgeons or titans of industry that they actually have quite a lot of in common with the traditional psychopaths that we would think about, you know, the, the serial killers, the murderers, yeah. uh, etc. And so my question was, so basically they have a lot of characteristics in common, right? If you want to climb the corporate ladder, I think politics are important. And for politics, if you don't care what people think, but you know how they work, as in if you're highly empathic, but you yeah. don't care if you stab people in the back and how they think of you, you could probably do a pretty good job. Well, you, you'll probably do a good job in a corporate situation. And so what I was wondering was what makes some high psychopathic people become a serial killer and others become a surgeon? I think partly just your life situation and what happens to Mm. you. 
over time, mm. uh, as in genetics and environment kind mm. of thing. In the same way, similar to sort of perhaps paedophiles, as in if you can't have true sexual pleasure unless it's with a child, but some people still manage to never like go there. But mm. if you're a paedophile, probably don't become a teacher because it's much harder to sort of resist or something. If you mm. put in a place where like your natural instincts are to do certain things. Mm. So if you're in the zone when you're sort of put under crazy pressure, like doing heart surgery, and that's sort of a nice place for you to be, but you get to do heart surgery, then like maybe your sort of general satisfaction is kind of met like every few mm. weeks kind of thing. I had a therapist for a while who's like, Sam, you do need to do like extreme adventure sometimes. Mm. Otherwise you'll go a bit nuts. Mm. And so as long as I have like something extreme each year, I kind of feel happy. <laughs> Whereas let's say you didn't have a good education or something and you have nothing going for you and you work in like a supermarket, mm. your life is super boring you might want to find something like killing people and putting, chopping them up, putting in your back of your car as, as mm. a way to like satisfy that urge to sort of be in the zone and like meet your true instinctual desires of pressure or something. So in Perhaps. another life, in, in <laughs> another life, the road there as a theory. Yeah. In another life would read in the newspapers about, you know, Sam Harris, the serial killer of London. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sam the Ripper. Sam the Ripper. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. So what what were you for, like what are your takeaways from this what what did you learn from the book that you feel like is applicable to real life well part of the understanding because if, if you look at things like dictators it's sort of confusing to see how many dictators come into the world and get to lead a bunch of nations and things but then if you study how they get there it's okay they just have extreme confidence and they're not too worried about things and when there is like a time of upheaval or something going on, they're the ones that are straight away, don't give a fuck and just know what to do. And Declare war follow, on Ukraine. Yeah, yeah. And people follow confidence and they can kind of give that really strong leadership. And so if you are someone that did want to be political and like make something, a change in the country, you sort of realize like just how much confidence you need to have. And maybe that'll put you off for going into politics or something, but... Mm-hmm. That was just interesting from like what's going on in the world perspective. Mm. And then, yeah, just if you want to lead a company or go into things, you sort of realize a bit more of the strengths that you might want to work on, mm. which, okay, maybe you should go to acting school or something and realize mm. that you can just come across really strong willed and like walk super confidently and have mm. to command a room and things and think, okay, actually, if I can be a bit psychopathic in some ways maybe i can sort of culture these areas in ways that come across as a good leader if you had a button that would yeah. make you slightly more psychopathic would you do it yeah because I, i don't think i'm that strong <laughs> psychopathic so probably from this book it's sort of let's say i was i'd rate myself like a three out of ten mm-hmm. and like zero kids is like eight and above i wouldn't mind being more like a five hmm. i think i would have more confidence and just I think that would be probably be better for my life having read this book mm. around like how many more things you can kind of breeze through. So I think I do certainly worry about stuff that I just don't need to worry about. Yeah. And that would be great. And certainly like, like social media and like, or like LinkedIn is in like, I kind of overthink like what I'm writing in a comment box and stuff, or mm. I'm not good at like doing a selfie at a time when actually yeah. it'd be quite useful to be like, okay, cool. I'm doing something really different that people don't know about. I could actually make some good content here, Yeah, but I get a bit sort of, People yeah, don't judge me, yeah. but I shouldn't, because of, technically speaking, a hundred thousand people could judge me positively by seeing my recording compared yeah. to like the ten people right now in, in that moment that I care about. It doesn't matter at all. Yeah. So, 
a bit more psychopath ick would be great. In that sense. A bit. <laughs> yeah. I think I agree. Intuitively, I want to say, like, I wouldn't want to be more psychopathic because I would do more stuff that people wouldn't like me for. And I care about what people think, so I wouldn't want that. But then yeah. again, I just, like, I don't know, because I wouldn't care that much anyway. So I should care less, I guess. Probably would be good for me. But yeah, so I think I agree. Like, if I could be become or care slightly less what people think of me or care slightly less in general about people's emotions, probably yeah. be pretty good for me because I'm like you. Like, I couldn't, like, embarrass myself in public, you know, although that might be a net positive. Mm. Like, I, I don't know, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. I think you can work on those things, though. Yeah. in Tim Ferriss's uh, book, he kind of, each chapter he gave you, like, a challenge to kind of do in public to get you more used to sort of being a weirdo. Like, um, one of them was when you're in a cube waiting something, just randomly lie down for, like, 60 seconds and just wait those 60 seconds and don't answer anyone when they ask you what you're doing and stuff, just to sort of get used to looking like a weirdo in public. Wow. And some of those things I can kind of do, like, I've definitely done like a press up workout in an airport before just because i was like i've got nothing else to do and yeah i haven't done any exercise today and everyone can look at me and be like you're a bit of a dick and i'm like yeah that's fine <laughs> it's good i like that but it's interesting yeah yeah and well yeah just pushing yourself be like okay so i am scared of doing some selfies but if i make myself do like one recording in front of a bunch of people every day for a week can maybe get better at it and stuff and because mm-hmm. i know that i should do it so having sort of recorded that and just sort of put a list together of things I struggle and you can just start doing them. Yeah, 100%. That's interesting. Yeah. So the book makes the case that a lot of super influential and successful people within industry, right? Within corporate, like the corporate world, within the game of capitalism or, you know, high on the psychopath scale. I'm just wondering if that also translates into general happiness. So for me, like I've kind of decided for myself, like I want to be a positive some thinker and i want to be like a good person in general because i feel like you know if you read the book i forgot who wrote it it's called the the education of a value investor we've discussed it in our investment series like he makes the case that you know doing nice stuff over time adds up and so i'm just wondering if being good although it might you know you're not backstabbing anyone and so that might not help your like career path necessarily but it might still make you feel better about yourself and then make you happier in the long term i'm I'm just wondering if there's like uh something there so you're trying to say that you'd find it more difficult to be a happy person if you were psychopathic maybe i'm just saying that for me being successful in a corporate or in like in a professional Mm -hmm. sense does not necessarily correlate and actually like happiness yeah sure yeah and certainly me if you look at like politicians i don't see think that's necessarily the the yeah. best job to find yeah. ultimate happiness. But I do think it makes it easier to perhaps be selfish. But if you are like fully utilitarian, I think it's kind of selfish to be generous, if that makes sense. When you sort of look at the full statistics, okay, if you are quite a kind person, like more things come back to you. And if you bother to sort of send people letters and do things, mm. and think of you and, and be like and behave in a nice way, like more opportunities come your way. That's true. And if you're like actually less worried about like how much money you have and you sort of buy people more drinks and you just come across as a really nice person, you're probably likely to get invited to more things and have more opportunities. Mm-hmm. So it could actually be slightly psychopathic to be a really nice person. Mm, that's true. If, if you agree in that direction. Yeah. If you're sort of less caught up with yeah. other concerns that people might be. It's interesting because I think you're right. So 
Like I've played with the idea of making it a habit to, you know, send every person that I know that actually has a birthday, send them something, right? Or be more generous when it comes to gift giving to the people I care about or work with. And I've not done it, not so much out of laziness, but more out of, I don't want it to seem like I'm kissing their ass. Yeah. Right. And so I guess like if I were more psychopathic, I might just not care about them potentially thinking I want to kiss their ass and I would just do it. And in that sense, I think it's probably still beneficial. Like you might have maybe one out of 10 who are like, what the hell is this guy doing? But I think yeah. in general, like I've sent some presents to some, some friends recently or to some colleagues recently and they really appreciate it. Yeah. And like, I don't expect anything in return. And so it's probably like still a pretty good strategy. So in general, like, yeah, maybe I'm through this discussion with you. I've yeah, become more convinced that I uh, did in terms of, yeah, one, people like getting stuff and two, it also shows you it's like organized and more likely to sort of come across well if they introduce you to other people and things. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think it yeah. makes sense. Yes. But being more psychopathic does not necessarily mean you have to be more of a dick, right? Oh, yeah. It's just caring less about what people think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. Well, um, uh, maybe one that I can touch upon that I remember from the book. So essentially he, he had a test done where I think through some electronic stimulation, so his psychopath meter got turned up essentially because some part of his brain was influenced. And, and so I think it's, yeah, anyway, so, so his, his brain was through electric stimulation changed in such a way that he became more psychopathic. And he said that he was feeling amazing, like super confident. Like he felt like he could do anything and he was like, you know, super social and open and, and talk to everyone. So it seems like. There is a lot of things that speak for it. I think he described it as, you know, slightly drunk, right? Yeah. Where yeah. I've done good stuff. Like I've approached people that I wouldn't have approached if I wasn't, you know, slightly intoxicated, um, yeah, which ended up being, being good, right? It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. very much confidence. People definitely thing. like steal more stuff and do other bad things when they're drunk. Also, yeah. People say, yeah. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't know how many people that are psychopaths, well, get classified, do stuff mm-hmm. whilst on intoxicants and things. Yeah. Certainly, you could say the same for like cocaine or MDMA probably adds you like a few points to your psychopathic score. Probably. Around like... Just do yeah. shit. Mm. Just do crazy shit and not care what people think. I agree. So, um, anything to add or we want to do a rating? Uh, um, yeah. It says learning to be emotionless for your investment decisions is a good thing and makes you a better trader, which yes. uh, obviously we spent the whole of the last season talking about. Yeah. Um, and yeah, being a bit less invested in, okay, so I've already put so much money into this or like I feel responsible because of this one relates to like what I want to change in the world or hmm. I know the founder of this is yeah. helpful for trading because if you should be, okay, this is just about making money. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. helpful. No, it is. And I think this one thing I'd like to touch upon, I think there's this bias we care more about our losses than our gains. Yeah. So losing a hundred bucks is more painful than winning a hundred bucks. Definitely. And so what psychopaths have is that they are less afraid of the risks and dangers mm. in general. Right. Definitely. So they're more open to these things. They're less risk averse. And so I think many of the best traders and investors, because they care more equally about wins as as they do losses, probably make better investment decisions um, if they're higher on the on the psychopathic scale. So I guess there it's probably also a useful trait to have. Yeah, and I think well, like on the value of the education of a value investor, he talks about spending a lot more time not in the main um, mainstream yeah, I, 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 media, like and it, yeah, yeah. people that are sort of getting a bit more 
swayed by what everyone else is investing in and just being a bit more utilitarian himself and like, okay, let me actually just yeah, check yeah. what the stock is doing and stuff. Yeah. And I think the same for like if you're a VC or an angel investor, it's much easier to be utilitarian since COVID where you do a lot more Zoom calls mm. compared to meeting people like because mm. when you look people in the eyes of things and you want to help them and stuff I suddenly like one of our angel investors which just felt a bit bad for me mm. <laughs> I'm not going to lie <laughs> it's like okay fine <laughs> he'd normally invest like sort of 30k but like well I'll give you 7k because of like I, I don't know because like, <laughs> you see people turning up and we have nice conversations yeah. I still don't know what you're doing Sam but like <laughs> fuck it yeah. whereas if that had been like a zoom call and you had like 20 other zoom calls he'd be like yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. have another meeting with this guy it's okay and um yeah if you were more a psychopath, then even if you were meeting people in person, you'd yeah. find it, you wouldn't care about saying no. Whereas yeah, yeah, yeah. normal people find that hard, which also helps you understand pitching to other people who aren't psychopaths is okay. If you can do it in person, it's always going to be yeah. better. If you want to like, yeah, if you pitch to me in person, your odds of success increase. Yeah. Not, like a, not like super in, in, significantly, but yeah. Yeah. Like a, one of the guys I was speaking to last night, who very successful, says he normally invests 100k as like a angel investor. But basically, if he likes someone and they're talking to him and they're running something and they ask, he'll probably just give them 25k yeah, anyway yeah. and just like, oh, fuck it. I mean, yeah, yeah. if I do this enough times, like out of 10 of those people, one of them will probably have a successful thing anyway and it still kind of make, about makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, a yeah. good tip. Indeed. Cool. Ratings. I'm going to say seven. It was a good book on, I think we've had like, a lot of good food for thought. Uh, wasn't, yeah, amazingly. I think I probably wouldn't have finished it if I was just reading it by myself. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I think you kind of get the general gist of it. And as it gives you more examples, even though they are different, I feel like, okay, I kind of worked out what it's going to say. Hmm. So by the time I've read, like, if I've heard, like, the paragraph intro to a chapter, I'm like, I kind of know what's going to happen the rest of this chapter anyway. Interesting. If that makes sense. Yeah. Maybe that's your biology background as well. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was still a nice book so okay. so I I did and I, I've had it a lot where you know I come in and I'm like I didn't like the book that much but I appreciate it more as we discuss it a bit yeah I think I'll go then with so I was, I was probably going to give it a 4 and I'll give it a 5 okay I think 7 is too much compared to other things that we've read I think it's it's okay but I, it's not a book that I would recommend mm. to anyone really I do feel like I'm a, a bit more motivated to try and sort of think about the things that you might say are slightly psychopathic and make a point to sort of try and include them in my week or something to yeah. embolden myself <laughs> uh, cool alright so that was it that was fun you know a, a live recording um, I enjoyed this so um, yeah the listener thank you so much for listening hope you enjoyed this as well you know if you haven't read the book Maybe now you haven't made a decision to do it or not do it. We'll leave it up to you. I think we've discussed the, the main takeaways, right? So maybe yeah. you don't really have to. Next book we're reading is called The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. So that's uh, it's a good title. And mm. that's why we read it. So yeah, stay tuned for that. It's going to be coming out in the next weeks. And with that, we're out. And we look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Cheers. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, feel free to give us a rating and share with your friends. If you'd like to ask us a question or give us a comment, feel free to join us on Reason. Reason is Sam's startup that is building a social podcasting app. It is a place where Sam and I listen to podcasts and share ideas and insights. It'd be great if you would hang out with us there. Thanks again and speak to you in the next episode. Cheers.